The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fire up with season three, episode 67. That was a huge voice crack. The Daily Intermission podcast 67. I look at 67, and all I can think about is Zidane O'Chara just pasting Max Pacioretty into the stanchion, burying the guy. <laughs> uh, and, and unfortunately, you know, he couldn't provide for his team this year during the playoffs. But Justin, how are we doing today, my man? I just want to say. I've been on here for a couple months now. That's got to be the hottest start to an episode we've had, and I absolutely love it. Um, but I'm, I'm great. Weather's unbelievable here. We are in the summer swing. It's been warming up. Um, I'm golfing tomorrow at noon. I'm Ooh. golfing Monday evening. Uh, work's in full motion. Workouts are going for summer training. Sports are winding to the finals. It has just been, uh, it's been good. It's been good. Nice to get in that summer just rhythm. You know what I mean? That routine, oh. you find your relaxation, you have time to do kind of things you want to do and it's uh, enjoy the weather. So, uh, I couldn't be happier right now. How, how you, how you been doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm holding it down. And when I think about, you know, the climates that we live in, when you get the pure blue, light blue sky with the sun beating down, you remember it just kind of brings joy to you. Like, it's like we fight 100%. through, I'm not sure that the people who live in the Arizonas, the Californias, the Floridas, you have no yeah. idea what it's like yeah. through January, yeah. February, March. It is a grind mentally. And I mean, I'm thinking about all the folks there, you know, holding it down in the Callaway and the Northwest Territories and, and all those folks. I mean, Seriously. you know, you know, hats off to you. But yeah, I, I'm super excited. I mean, there's nothing better than this time of year. We talk about it in sports, but just in life in general. Obviously, the golf course is, is firing on all cylinders. So Life is good, man. I'm due for to crush some pints around like a campfire, do all the summer things that uh, that we like to do. But listen, I, I wanted to talk, about, talk this up in the pregame. It has nothing to do with sports, but it's something that's quite interesting. And, and Elon Musk uh, is a guy, obviously one of the, you know, he, he is the innovator, I would say, just kind of in, in North America right now. Just the guy who, you know, whether it's SpaceX with the uh, with the space travel and AI and, and the artificial intelligence and electric cars, but he got approval today, Justin, for Neuralink. So this is a brain chip that's going to be inserted into human beings. And the goal of this chip will be to be able to program people who are paralyzed, you know, say from the waist down or people who, you know, are different, uh, different types of disabilities. He hopes that this chip will solve that issue. I mean, Elon Musk he's going to go down like he's going to be one of those guys in like a couple hundred years that are that is talked like that his name will be etched in history for a yeah. long long time for sure and it's crazy like i you you hear him describe himself when he was a kid like he was a guy that was just constantly thinking trying to solve problems and all this like he hasn't stopped i swear his downtime is literally just what is a problem that I could try to solve? Yep. and at an amazing rate he goes and solves it it's actually insane so yeah, this would be something that'd be uh, revolutionary, obviously, if this is something that has success and, and people with those um, disabilities or handicaps or whatever it may be 
get that opportunity to kind of get those things back in their life. That'd be absolutely insane. Like again, like blind just, and just, deaf. Like can oh you imagine? It's yeah. Just if you look at everything he's done, oh. it's hard to say which is the best yeah. animation or create whatever it is. This guy's absolutely resume is unbelievable. AI is a little scary. I'm a little intimidated sure. by artificial he, intelligence. He's talked about it. He's, oh yeah. He's worried about it too. Yeah. I don't 100%. know if you saw that. Clip, oh yeah. With Joe Rogan. Yeah, it may have already been gotten too far and stuff, but that's who knows what's going that's on. That's a conversation that is way too far <laughs> ahead of the Daily Innovation <laughs> podcast. We're not getting into that stuff. Least. But I did want to note that uh, that Neuralink, that company that will be inserting chips into brains of human beings, they've got cl- uh, clearance from the FDA, uh, the Federal Drug and or the Food Drug Association in the United States. That could be butchered, but uh, yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens there. They'll be <laughs> testing human trials. So hopefully, yeah, that's a go. But We've got a jam-packed episode. In quarter one, we're getting into the NHL. Quarter two, NBA. Quarter at the halftime show, a lot of good feedback here. This is a, a nice one. So it's going to be guess the Love athlete that. with their career accolades and uh, and, and kind of um, you know accomplishments. And uh, and then quarter three, we'll get into the MLB. And, and then in quarter four, we'll talk about uh, the trunk slamming of Michael Block and the PGA Tour, everything <laughs> in the golf world. <laughs> Uh, but that, I mean, we talked about the last episode. It was either going to be he was going to get in the mix True. or he was going to be DFL, dead fucking last. <laughs> Let's get into the conference finals, though. The Florida Panthers, man, they continue to stun every single NHL team they go against. They go against the Boston Bruins, go down 3-1, they come back, win in seven games. They go against the Toronto Maple Leafs, wipe the floor with them in five games, and now have brought out the brooms and swept the Carolina Panthers, Matthew Kachuk with another game winner, Sergey Bobrovsky playing well. I mean, this team is into the finals. This is a team that is one game away from missing the playoffs. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought, Greg? I mean, this is, a, and you know what? Like, it's a, it's an eight seed. It's a wild card team. They came back down a three one against Boston, but since they since that second round began, they've looked the farthest thing from an eight seed. Like it's one story for a team like this eight seed to kind of be scrappy, kind of get their way to the end. That's an incredible Cinderella story. This team looks like they were the juggernaut team the whole way and haven't slowed down a second. The way they play and and the, the names and the abilities on their team, like they are so skilled, so fast and, and so Almost, you want to say loaded, and I mean, that's definitely recency bias. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but they do have pieces up and down their lineup that are not where did these guys come from type of guys. Like, we're talking about Reinhardt, Duclair, Barkov, Kachuk, Verhage, uh, Montour on the point, Ekblad, Stahl brothers for depth. Like, again, this Sammy is a Bennett. team that it's like, Sam Sam Bennett's another one, man. Like, he's been, he's been in the playoffs. He's been in the league a long time. They play with so much poise, uh, uh, awareness in the D zone. Their D zone's got to be one of the most underrated things on this run. They are so good in front of Bobrovsky, and we're going to get into Bobrovsky. He deserves all the credit. He makes the big saves. But they are actually playing a 200-foot game that is honestly what's been what's been stifling teams. They can't seem to break through this Florida, I, w- I don't want to say defense because it's a, it's a whole five-man unit. And then Florida just capitalizes on power plays or, or whatever opportunity that comes from it. And they kind of just sit back to, to, for their opportunities. And teams can't figure out how to score on these guys. Well, you look at it, too. Like, we talk about the guys, the depth guys that the Florida Panthers have. Like a guy like Sam Bennett. I mean, what's he making? Four and a half million bucks. Probably chips in around 20 goals during yeah. the regular season. Not a lot of people yeah. are talking about him. Sam Reinhart probably making around the same amount of money. Four or five million bucks. Going to chip in 20, 25 goals. 
Not a lot of guys talking about him. Anthony DeClaire, been bouncing around the league, had a great World Juniors, incredible speed. But then you get your top heavy guys. You got your Barkov. You got your Vihagi who's going to put 40 in and just we know how, you know, how, how he can put the puck in the back of the net. You got your, uh, your Matthew Kachuk and... I mean, the decor has just been as steady. As, I mean, this this Brandon Martor kid is going to get paid. He's going to get paid, and it's just funny. We, you know, we'll get into it. I'm not going to bring up that point because I do want to talk about it in full. But I mean, this decor has been phenomenal, and then you get Bobrovsky playing hot. It's it's been lightning in a bottle in some sense, but this team's poised. Like they, the, it, the belief that they have right now, like they just they get in the dance. They they wanted to get in the dance. They got in the dance and. They're making the most of the opportunity, which is exciting for the NHL playoffs because teams are looking around. Yeah, you know, you remember we remember the St. Louis Blues in 2019 last at the uh, at the Christmas break, come back, win the cup. Uh, the 2014 was it 14 Kings were they the eight seed or was it the uh, was it the 12 yeah, Kings? Yeah. Anyway, one of the Kings yeah, teams. Uh, yeah, somewhere but around there. Any the NHL is just it, it changes so much from the regular season, and all you need to do is punch your ticket. We know that the the number one seeds never do well. And you've just got to get in the dance, and, and the Florida Panthers are proving it in front of our eyes, and it's been great to watch. And Paul Maurice, this GM, the balls to say to Andrew Burnett after he, a president's winning uh, uh, season, you know what? We're going to let yep. you go. We're going to grab this guy, Paul Maurice, from Winnipeg. Actually, you know what? We're going to take a guy that was second in the league in points, 117 points, a guy like Mackenzie Weger who had a phenomenal season, and we're going to trade them both. For Matthew yeah. Kachuk. And a lot of people during that trade, Justin, a lot of people kind of favoring Calgary going, wow. I was. I was. I think I was on the same side going, how did they get yeah. that much for Kachuk? And now we're looking going, how are those guys feeling in Calgary right now? 55 points for Huberto. Mackenzie Weger over playing for the championship that nobody cares about over in Slovakia or in Latvia or wherever they are in Europe. Continue on your role. Montour for a third round pick only. Unbelievable. Like this Unbelievable. Bill Zito. Bill Zito. That's the GM. Billy Z. Panthers. He's nominated for the, for the G. Yeah. He's nominated for the GM of the year award here. Not enough talk about him. Through this playoff run. Not a household name. Obviously like you said, you already ran through it, man. Like he's made so many moves at just the perfect time. And they've worked out phenomenally. Even even the Bobrovsky contract. Again, I'm only bringing this up because you, you went through the rest of them perfectly. But the Bobrovsky contract, like he was willing to pay for a guy and said, I'm bringing him in because we want to win the Stanley Cup. And I know that this is an all-in move, but that's our plan here. And he committed to the all-in. He kept going after it. He didn't get rid of Bobrovsky or try to move him or whatever. Like, like you said, he is a he was a GM and is a GM that wasn't gonna sit around and watch this team kind of just maybe make it playoffs and do whatever. Like he showed last year, hey, we won the President's Trophy. We didn't get we didn't win the cup. That's our goal. Went all in again with Kachuk, Montour, stuff like that. So again, a ton of credit to him. But I gotta ask the question to you. I'm gonna run this through you. You give me right away your media reaction here, Matthew Kachuk. Three game, three game winners in that series. Two were in overtime. One was with four point three seconds. He had uh, four goals, one assist in four games in this series. Bobrovsky, eleven and two in this playoffs. Mm -hmm. One point five goals against average and a sixty five save game with the shutout in this series of four games. We're going to the finals for the Florida Panthers. Who is leading 
your Conn Smythe race because this is probably the closest two for any team we've seen, and it is that close. So are you leaning in a direction right now? or And, and what do you need to see from each for you to say that they're going to win in the finals? What do they got to do in the finals for you? Yeah, I, I think for me, I think maybe it's probably going to be unpopular, but I would give it to Bobrovsky personally. I think the, like, the goaltending position is so important, and he has just been so phenomenal. Like I said, 11-2 and two in the playoffs, and just he's the rock back there. Like I think they are getting outplayed in some games. Like They're not supposed to yeah. be 11-2, and two, or they will... I shouldn't say no, that, but right. you know they 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 probably should have lost some of those games. But Bobrovsky, his goals uh, above expected is just goals saved above expected is just unbelievable. What was that? Yeah. Was that like fifteen? And the next guy was at like six in the playoffs. Insane. Like it's so incredible what this guy's doing. But the popular pick here for the league for the media. For the poster boy, great personality, and and I mean, it's so close. So I think that they would lean Matthew Kachuk. I think people lean the superstar, people lean the face uh, of the team, and I think it would be Matthew Kachuk if they were giving it out, but I would pick Pabrovsky personally. How about you? Where do you lean on that? I, I, I think I'm right with you. I think if you really look at it, I mean, okay. First of all, you kind of you you said it, and I agree 100. percent That 11 and two record with Bobrovsky net, with any other goalie, I think that could be a an eight and five, like you know, like it could be a nine and nine through. Like, you might be bounced against the Bruins. Good. Yeah, 100. percent Brad Marchand, time 100%. winding down, game five, breakaway, boom. Bobrovsky the, shuts the door. The big save, the yep. big save. He's made both the big save, and all he's been in the zone. Like, okay, we. I agree. The flashy name, the flashy highlights, the flashy con Smythe is Matthew Kuchuk, OT winners, whatever. People are going to sweep under the rug, and that's normal because that's the game of hockey. Game three, one nothing Florida Panthers win. Reinhardt, sec, uh, Reinhardt second period goal, only goal of the game because it's a 32-save shutout for Bobrovsky. Like, those games get swept under the rug, and I understand that because that's not as flashy it's not one big heroic moment in OT. It's it's a constant in the zone game against a, a a top two seed in the conference in Carolina, a top two seed in the whole league in Carolina. The guy shut him out, and not only shut him out, sixty five save game. Like this guy's done everything they need for him and more. Like yeah. they like we can't stress enough. They've now won two rounds. They like he. We're saying eleven and two. They could have still been like eleven and seven, and still been in the finals. But he's he's playing so good that this team is actually untouchable. People will forget that Carol, Florida Panthers didn't score that many goals this series. It was like uh, three, one, two, and four. Yeah, like that three, one, and two. You're not winning every game With unless that, Sergey yep. Bobrovsky's playing the way. He is. So I'm leaning Bobrovsky, but I think what I need to see from them from them in the finals, if I get a point per game plus from Kachuk with maybe a game winner or two. Yeah. I can, it's going to be tough to not give it. it to him. Yeah. And I think Bobrovsky, though, he just has to stay as is. He's just win. Be, just win be now. Un, yeah. Under All you got to do is win. 1.75 GAA. Yeah. And, and, and play the way he's playing, he gets it. But Kachuk's going to still need a couple more heroic moments for me. But, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting race. and. Hey, it's it's entertaining, man. These Panthers are entertaining. Another side note in this series. So obviously we saw Brooks Kapka there Monday and Wednesday. He's chugging beers out of the Wanamaker Trophy on Monday. On Wednesdays there, okay. You obviously saw the, the video of 
Kepka, like, was he wired on something or was he just absolutely um, in the yeah. bag? Like his. So I was uh, gonna say uh, <laughs> the whole chugging beers. I don't think it was exclusive to chugging beers out of the one. Okay. Trophy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, I, the guys. I think the guy's having a week or two here where he's uh, not going to remember much of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's absolutely indulging um, <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, but then Yammer Yager in the mix. And low-key, a woman about half his age around his arm. Something you just love to see from one of the game's legends. Yager hey, doing it. Still doing hero, it. Right? <laughs> I love seeing it from the guy, man. Do you remember yeah, the time? Real. Do you remember there was a headline and... Uh, Yammer Yager was in bed with, uh, you know, a young model in, in, in Czech Republic. And she was like, she threatened him. She's like, I'm going to post this on social media if you don't give me a certain amount of yeah. money. And he's like, honey, I don't give a fuck. And she posted it all <laughs> over the media. It was just him, like, undercovers, like, in the bed. <laughs> so the guy does what he wants. Oh, he's a legend. People, people may forget. Is he retired yet? Is he retired from the game of hockey yet? He owns, he- he owns a team in the Czech yeah. League. And he played three games this year, age 51, just suited up. Like there was a couple suspensions and he said, you know what? I'm good. I'm in. There's been, there's been videos of him, uh, um, like walking onto the ice for his team. Like not just like pickup league, like full on professional check league. He carries out like seven or eight sticks with them onto the ice, to the bench. Like, I think this guy actually changes sticks every second shift. It's uh, he, he, his, his kingdom is check. He is the king, the hero, the superstar, whatever you want to call it. Check, love this guy. It oh, is yeah. insane, and rightfully so. Oh, my gosh. Living the best life, possibly. Oh. Sneaky Yammer Yager. Oh, my gosh. He is the Leonardo DiCaprio of, <laughs> of, of the Czech Republic. Just like as soon as they hit age 27, next. Um, let's let's move into this next series, Justin. Obviously, we're moving out west, and uh, I was kind of leaning towards sweep. I mean, obviously, in game four, Vegas yeah. gets up, and you're like, okay, well, this is it. Well, no, Jason Robertson responds twice, moves this thing to overtime. Joe Pavelski, the guy who I deep down want to win the cup the most out of the remaining players. Dallas gets on the board, 3-1 series. I mean, the Jamie Benn play was egregious. It was over the top, can't happen. How you feeling about this series? Yeah, this series is an interesting one. Um... I just want to say, Jason Robertson, kind of about time. Doesn't it feel like it's yes, we talked about it last moment. We talked yeah. about it last episode. You're being a little top, quiet. Tops 100 points, yeah. and, and that's that's the daily intermission bump that's been coming Big lately. Time. That call out, the great call out seems to be hitting. We saw Maxi do it in the in the NBA now, where Robertson <laughs> yeah. uh, wakes up from from the great call. But they needed this from him. It's been the Rope Hint show, and now Robertson shows that obviously he's going to be able to. He, he's the depth they we thought they needed. Yeah. But apparently, they didn't need until the conference finals. Um, I don't know that I see Dallas win this series, but what I do say is, again, our Aiden Hills in net. He's again. I know he's brought them this far. I'm not give, taking any credit away from, him, but what I am worried about is the maybe regression or return to the Aiden Hill that. Is under in the Arizona. to a degree here, yeah, and possibly not even just Aiden Hill. The the defensive game that they played in front of him since he stepped in, we discussed, and how much they've locked down in front of him. That's not easy to do. I think that's something that's underrated yeah. in terms of just the casual viewer. Like, it's tough to keep all those shots to perimeter, try to limit everything. So, it's not crazy to think that this whole weakness in net thing could start to creep up on Vegas here. My thing is. Is it too late for this series? And we see Florida rip it apart. 
more than we can see Dallas come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think either way, we're going to see this exposed to a degree. I just don't know if Dallas has enough time, enough firepower to go three straight more. Yeah. Andre, again, I he's keep been thinking, so like, shaky, man. It's I know, just, he's I, up and down, up and down. But if he gets hot, you know, yeah. Well, we keep saying that. We keep yeah. saying that if he gets yeah. hot, but he hasn't. So yeah. that's what concerns me because. I still think of Andre as a guy who could absolutely steal a series and could go on a three-game winning streak uh, or four-game winning streak, but he hasn't actually proven. The that. next it's game's the big a, one. The next game's 100%. the big one. You 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 start to put a little doubt in the other team if you get another one. Um, yep. th- this is this is the pivotal one because then it's like all eyes on Game Six. It's like can they force seven from being down three donut and. It'll be interesting to see, but let's talk about the Jamie Ben play here. Uh, obviously, in Game Three, uh, captain on captain, Mark Stone goes yeah. down. Jamie Ben finishes the hit with a cross check to the face. Uh, his comments afterwards saying it was unfortunate that that was the landing spot for my stick. Uh, he gets two games. Um, greasy play. You hate to see it from a guy like Jamie Ben, who's just an unbelievable piece, unbelievable leader for that team. Um, but if they can get one more, get him back in the mix. You never know, but that. What you think about that that play from Jamie Ben? Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, I want to say from experience, obviously, like you don't you you don't fall into two game suspensions very often, and that's what he kind of tried to play it off yeah. as is like, oh, it's a I, I was going to the ground with Stony, and that's where my hands and stick came across right over the top of his head and neck area. So like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Um, I I, I just don't think that. I think it was something where he was maybe trying to have more of a rough him up kind of play, uh, um, little playoff hockey type of situation. First shift of the game, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of wanting to set the tone. I think he was trying to get, I think he got caught trying to get away with a little too much or possibly what he intended wasn't to be quite what happened. But regardless, I think it was a pretty aggressive situation. Uh, 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 to say the least, and obviously what came out of it wasn't what Ben hoped for, but I don't think it was a crazy suspension. No, you know what? You know what sucks too is is in that moment, and not that I'm saying I I've been in that moment, but I've been in some competitive situations, and in the moment your blood's running high. It's the captain of the other team. You're the captain of your team. Things are things are fast paced, and you just in that split second made a poor decision and it's going to cost yeah. you a couple games. So I'm not holding exactly. it against Jamie Ben the NHL playoffs bloods and, and emotions are running high. So um, you hate to see it, but you know, we'll see if they can come back. It, it does feel like it's going to be Vegas, Florida, which nobody predicted. It's going to be exciting. We'll preview that on, on Monday. Uh, if that's the case, if not, we'll keep following the series obviously, but I mean, the hockey world's winding down, but there's still a lot of content pouring out of from it. It's good stuff. Good Absolutely. stuff. Any final notes from the NHL, from the National I Hockey mean, League? I think I, I just a question for you as we wrap up both series. So say it is Vegas and say it's Florida. Who who do you think would be, if I were to tell you at the beginning of the season, Yeah. obviously we knew Eichel was on Vegas by now and, and Kachuk was traded. If I were to tell you beginning of the season, Kachuk's going to win a Stanley Cup this year or Eichel's going to win a Cup. Not the, not the teams, but those two players, how electrifying they are, how different than they are than maybe the Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin superstars like who would you have thought you who would you have said like no you're crazy he's not getting one this year or even in his career like between those two electrifying superstars I I mean personally I would have said probably Florida's not doing it this year just because Vegas has been there they've been on the deep run they've been to the final the Bruce Cassidy I know is a good coach the fresh voice and um they just it just seems like they've got that deeper makeup um in, in Vegas uh but 
the yeah. way Florida's playing, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be an incredible final. Like, it really is. And I know that yeah. the Canadian markets may not be all in on it, uh, but I think it is going to be good for the States, good for those growing markets. Vegas, I mean, they got crazy hockey fans down there, sure. so... What about what about you? What's the what's the bigger surprise? I mean, I'm I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, so I've seen Eichel for years, and I know how great he is. But in yeah. terms of just like a person and like kind of the character stuff and off ice that's gone on, like I just find it odd to think of him, or maybe I guess soon possibly see him lifting a cup above his head. Like I just feel like that's something that maybe I didn't expect to happen this soon. So maybe that's why it's stunning. But yeah. like this is quick for him to join a new team, possibly win a cup, and. I don't know. Just I always go through that with teams and players. Like, can I see that guy lifting the cup? Like, what does that look like in my head? Is that realistic or not? I probably wouldn't have saw Eichel lifting the cup this season uh, that quick joining joining Vegas compared to even Kachuk, obviously uh, uh, joining pretty quickly too. But uh, obviously, speaks volumes to to the impacts they have because obviously a lot of other things change around them too. But to step into a team that new and when get to the Cup final or even win one. Uh, that says a lot about actually, uh, obviously what you can add to a team. Would leave a little sour taste in 97's mouth if he watches the guy that was picked behind him go and win a cup in his it's first true. ever playoff run. But that's just for another episode. Let's move into the <laughs> NBA here, folks. Obviously, we talked about it last episode. The Denver Nuggets are waiting in the finals after a sweep of the LeBron James uh, Lakers. LeBron celebrating Bronny's graduation, the whole shebang. Can you imagine being Bronny James? Like No. Like he's, no. I, I mean, you think about high school lives and the cars that he's driving, the money that he has, the probably the the females that he has at his disposal, the networks that he has. It, it's 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 almost unprecedented. I bet Insane. you what he has high, access high to. School, like, what about USC this next year, man? <laughs> USC, he's going to. His the the roster Bronny that that guy's going to put together at USC is going to be one for the ages. Oh and if I could gosh. be privy to that information, I would be just, <laughs> I would love it. What about the day-to-day things? Like, how's, how's this guy going to operate in a classroom or in a cafeteria or anything like that? Like, how does so, how does he operate? It's going to be a insane world. Like, Zion, you got to think, was absolutely crazy when he went to college, let alone Bronny James. I, I mean... Pivot off that. You, you see the uh, LeBron James come out said he was playing with like a in the injury the foot was just absolutely dismantled <laughs> like it, did you see that i don't know if that surprised you excuse the foot didn't surprise me at swept all. i love i love the names <laughs> <laughs> How, did you see deandre jordan's phone call to him that was all time oh no, no 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 it was uh dwight howard Dwight Howard, sorry. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Try to recruit him to, to Taiwan. It's like, LeBron, we got number six waiting for you. <laughs> and he was playing the whole, uh, you could be the GM, the coach, all that. He was going right at him. He's having he's having a blast with that joke because uh, uh, he's, oh. he's the whole Chamberlain of that league. It's oh, dude, Dwight Howard's a beauty, man. Remember when they won and and, and he was just ripping cigars during the, during his interview? Man, he, I, I, just, I don't know why I remember that so vividly because all we could do was just watch sports and they were at Disney yeah. World in Florida, and when they won, yeah. Dwight Howard was just being a weapon during that whole they, uh, that whole saga. <laughs> they talk about players leaving on top, 
and and they don't talk about it enough for like the players mindset. Like, how do you feel going into retirement? He's doing it perfect. Oh this yeah, he's leaving the NBA because he kind of couldn't hang like he used to. Yeah, goes and he's gonna retire with the best mental state ever because he just becomes the dominating the best in Taiwan. In the world in Taiwan. Taiwan. Well done. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's a crazy man that, uh, that he's made that decision. But oh, now let's move in uh, out east, man. The Celtics are making this a series down three. Yeah. All you're thinking this thing is an this thing's over. The Celtics win two games and dominating fashion i mean they were clearly the, the best team in in these two games and and now you're like okay this is a series and if they can go into miami and get one that game seven will be electric and they're looking to be the first team ever to come back from down 3-0 uh jimmy butler quiet a little bit quiet that's that's the recipe to beat these guys you, you limit jimmy butler you limit his trash talking you play him hard defensively and you get her going offensively uh for the celtics and and man it's it, what do you think? It's, it's, I think they can do it. I do. I'm starting to believe again. <laughs> well, so first thing with Jimmy Butler, like they keep him quiet on the court, but then he comes off the court and guarantees that they'll win the series. I don't know if you saw that quote, but to me, that's a quote. That's like, that's kind of, that's a make know. or breaker. That's a, that's a meme. That's a like, meme waiting yeah, to happen. I don't know that you feel like you have to say that though. If you truly believe that you're going to win the series, you know what I mean? Like, I almost, but again, that could be something where Jimmy's trying to be a leader and maybe put something out to first teammates. So yep. maybe that's a possibility, but um, it doesn't, that it's not a poised, calm kind of quote to put out there. So I, I don't know that the Heat are feeling too great uh, about this series either. That's a different Celtics team. And it happens all the time in playoffs. And it's, it's kind of, it, it's one of the most fascinating things about sports, quite honestly, is how in a seven game series, just how how extremes of sides you could see of teams. The Boston Celtics looked like the Charlotte Hornets for the first three, four games of the series. And all of a sudden they just snapped back into this absolute wagon that they were all season for almost for the last two years. They've been an absolute wagon and they've shown it. They're hitting their shots. They're hitting their shots with depth. That for me, when watching the game was the big difference. They had four guys above uh, 20 points. And when you watch them in past games, even the Sixers series, when I watched that series, it was like, okay, Tatum's making sure they win this game. Smart's hitting his shots when needed. Brown's contributing a bit, but Tatum's making sure they win this game. Okay, next game happens. Tatum's slow start. Okay, but Brown's picking them up and Smart's able to be there for Derek White. This is what they've needed. This is what the Nuggets have got. This is what the Lakers got coming to this series. A guy like Derek White to show up miss like three shots by the third quarter and just have a night where everything's dropping. Uh, and then Tatum, Smart, and Brown are always going to kind of be consistent like they've been. But you get that fourth piece, and that fourth piece is the difference between scrapping at the end of the game for a one-point win or maybe a one- or two-point loss and absolutely dismantling team. When you get that fourth guy that's hot, Horford hasn't been able to do that this playoffs. He's been missing the shots, like hasn't been great from three. Derek White's huge. If Derek White or or another fourth guy could be huge for this group like that, this series is honestly the Celtics more than it's the Heat. And okay, this next game for me, I'll, I'll ask you. You're the you're the Celtics fan. This next game for me is the series. Like, I don't see a way Heat win Game Seven if if it goes. It I can't see a way they do. The momentum will just be. All in the Celtics' favor. I am a little worried that it's going to be in Miami, and Jim, you know, Jimmy's going to be a dog. I, I expect Jimmy to show up in, in, in Game Six. I do. You know, I, I, I 
find it hard to believe that he won't sniff out at least 20. But that's why they play the games, and, and it would be a special story, um, you know, for, for the Celtics to be the first team to, to ever come back. Um, and we look at this city. They're not afraid of the comebacks. You know, we look at uh, the Red Sox in uh, in 2004 coming back against the Yankees. Oh, we yeah. look at the uh, New England Patriots down 28-3 in the third quarter. We look at the Boston Bruins down 4-1. Eight minutes left against the Toronto Maple Leafs. This city, they don't mind a little hey, comeback. Did you, did you just create maybe our uh, next halftime show? Boston Celtics comeback? Uh, Boston uh, Boston comebacks? <laughs> I got quite the, where would this rank, Greg? Where would this rank for you? If they, if they go on and win the title. Say they go and win the title in seven. Say it's an unreal series. They go win it in seven against the Nuggets. Yep. They take down Jokic, but they come back from down 3-0 against, uh, against the Heat here. Yeah. You said it. The Red Sox, the 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 Patriots against Atlanta, Bruins. Like, where would this rank for you? In three. It would list? be three because the 28-3 to Super Bowl was, that's, yeah. that, nothing tops that. That is I'm everyone shutting their TVs off. Like, yeah. you know, that yeah. people are leaving no, the right. stands, the, the owner, the foul, like that game's over. Like it had, everything had to go perfectly for them to win that game. And then the Red Sox hadn't won in what, 91, the court curse of the Bambino. Like they had to, they had to, you know, yeah. overcome their, their arch rival in the Yankees. I don't think it's that much True. because they won in a way, I think it would rank right in, right in that three slot uh, in regard to Boston comebacks, but We'll see what happens. We don't want to, you know, want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. And it's been, it's been what the eighties, the, I want to say late eighties or early nineties since Celtics won uh, uh, a, a championship. Come on Celtics. dog. Or oh, it was 2008. Oh, no, prior, yeah. sorry, prior to that. Prior to that yes, exactly. Since then. Yeah, sorry. exactly. I yep. misspoke, but it's been one. No, no, it's okay. okay. So, I just, so, so I wanted yeah, some respect so, on their names. But regard no for sure. But regardless, one since since exactly. the eighties, this is it's yep. a pretty big. It's a big, big market, though, exactly. Nonetheless, yes, yep. correct. Yeah, big market, uh, big yeah, fan hey, base. Hey, I'm, I'm again. This series right now for me, I'm saying 50-50. What are you saying as a Celtics fan right now? Obviously, still needing two wins to the Heat's one. I'm saying seventy Heat, thirty Celtics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm just I'm worried about that game six on the road. Uh, that'll go Saturday night. Obviously, we'll have game uh, six in the uh, or game five uh, in the Vegas uh, Dallas game on Saturday night as well. So Saturday night can be jam packed full of sports. Are you ready for some halftime show? Let's get into it. Hey, you've been itching for this. You got you were hot last episode. It's it's an interesting segment. Um, I don't know how I'm going to <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to approach this. Yes, I will. Okay, I'm starting off with you. you Okay, yep. so so just so the the listeners know, yeah. Last time we did the comparison, and we'll bring that back. We'll we'll yep. sprinkle that in. Yeah. This episode, it's going to be description of the career and the player, what have you. Yeah. We're guessing the athlete. We're seeing if we could guess the athlete. Do we want to set a rule? Do we want to say maybe three guesses? Three. three I guesses? think three guesses. Okay. Yep. Okay. So and then so maybe we'll see, after uh, maybe after each guess, you can kind of add in a hint. I I like that. You know what yeah. we're gonna do? We're gonna make a little. I'm gonna keep track. Cool. We're gonna go if it's one guess, two guess, three guess, or didn't get. We're gonna, we're gonna keep track of it. Maybe have yep. some stats to this. Let's see uh, what the, what the list is saying. All right, Greg's giving me the first one. Yep. Here we go. Guess the athlete based on their career accolades. This individual is a six-time Pro Bowler. He was the NFL receiving touchdown leader three times in 2001, 2002, and 2006. He played for the San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Seattle Seahawks. Who is it? Lawrence? Bang! Come on now! Bang! You put an eagle on me? You put an eagle on me? <laughs> 
<laughs> Good start. All right, let's go. Let's it's go. Big. All right, here we go. First one to Greg. Guess the athlete. Six foot two, two ten forward. Six Stanley Cups, twenty All Stars, a Hart, a Connie, two Ted Lindsays. Six cups. <laughs> wow. Okay. <clears throat> Six Stanley Cups. That threw me for a loop, man. I'm trying to think here. Um, it's not Anderson. No. Uh, that was the that was kind of the unknown guy on Edmonton that we talked about a few episodes ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, Six, yeah, yeah. Um, are you gonna give me give me an era? I'll give you an era. I got it right here for you. I'll give you. Do you want his draft year? Sure. All right, here's draft year. Here it comes. His draft year. Here we go. Okay, he was drafted. 1979, 48th overall. Mark Messier. Mark Messier on the second guess. Okay, he's on the board. Okay. Uh, right. Did he win four with Edmonton and two with New York? Five with Edmonton. Five with Edmonton, one, one with New York. York. He won four with Wayne. Okay. One, one on Wayne his own. Left. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Guess the athlete. This individual was drafted third overall in the NBA. He's played for four different franchises in the NBA. He's a 10-time NBA All-Star, one-time MVP. Who am I? One-time MVP, third overall pick, four franchises. Did, does he? I'm gonna. You he's know, he's did, did you say if did you say if he won? Oh, he's currently playing. He's currently playing. Did you say if he won a ring? You don't have to tell me if you did. Did you say that? Though? I haven't given you any. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so one MVP, third overall pick, four teams on his fourth team. Third overall picks, man. This could be a crazy guess. Did you give me All-Stars just before I put this out? Ten-time no. NBA All-Star. Oh, so that gets rid of him. I, I don't love this guess right now. It's not enough for him. I'm going to say Durant, but I know that's not him. I'm going to need another hint. Not Durant. He's won the NBA scoring title three times. So that, again, just moves me towards a player like that. Four teams. He's won it four times. He's won the scoring title th- it, three times. And he's current, currently playing. Currently playing an MVP, and he's played on four teams. The silence just must be killing the listeners. I don't. I don't got much here, man. I need one more hand. Give me. Give me. I, no, I need one more. When was he drafted? At least think facial hair. Facial hair. Oh, James Harden. James Harden. Come on. Boom. That's, that's got to go down as a thir- three guesses. Yep. Good call. Yeah. Hey, I'll talk through my thinking a little bit more. For the <laughs> hey, we're new to this. We're getting this segment rolling. Yep. We're, we're just getting fever. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> my next one's still, we're going to stay NHL. Here we go. Six foot three, 230 pound forward. He's got two Stanley Cups. One heart, five Art Ross, and three Ted Lindsay's. Uh, 
Hmm. Steve Eiserman? Nope. Six foot. I guess he's probably not that big. How many cups? Two Stanley Cups. I'm gonna give you another hint here. After after each guess, we'll throw him. So he was drafted fifth overall in 1990. Hmm. Not Mario. Nope. Last hint. He's European. And has played for more teams than you could you could probably have on a hand, maybe two hands. Yager, Yager on the third. Guess. Okay, how about the interesting stat there? Three Ted Lindsays for yeah. Yager. That's interesting wow. for sure. That threw me there. Okay, this is this is could get this could get greasy. This could get choppy here. <laughs> this individual. All right, guess the athlete best based on their accolades. This individual. Uh, he played for four different NHL teams: the Wings, the Kings, the Rangers, and Stars. Um, and he tr- signed with an ECHL team last year briefly. Wings, Kings, Rangers, and Stars. Wings, Kings, and signed with an East Coast East Coast team. <laughs> oh, gosh, Wings, Kings. Rangers, an undrafted player. player. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Oh, I'm gonna say Radulov, but that might not be. No. Oh, come. Um, What's another one? He's Canadian and known for his pest-like play. Oh my god, pest-like play. Man, Canadian for pest-like play. I feel like I should be getting this. He's still around. In the East Coast. You'll also probably cool. remember him on the Rangers and Stars more than the Wings and Kings. Sean Avery? Bang! Sean Avery. Sean Avery. He signed with an East Coast team. Last year, he went on in on Twitter with uh, the Orlando Solo Bears and was like, you guys are trash. I can still play for you guys. And he, oh went, and he went down to training camp. And just and just couldn't handle it after three days left. No <laughs> shot, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, I got one more for you here. Close okay. it off. Yep. All right. We got a six foot three, two fifteen quarterback. Okay. Two time Super Bowl champion. Okay. One time Super Bowl MVP. Okay. One time MVP. Nine time Pro Bowler. Okay. And he's thrown for uh, fifty-one thousand plus yards with three hundred TDs. In his Eli game. Manning? Nope. I'll give you. I'll give you this one. One team his whole career. One team his whole career. Two Super Bowls. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think here of who won two and is he currently he playing? He was a first overall pick. No, in the Hall of Fame. Six foot three is not huge. Um, I think he more than one, one more than two. Um, just a sec. Like I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. 
wasn't a Cowboys quarterback, was he? Not a Cowboys quarterback. Who was I thinking of there? Why can't I think of his name? <laughs> he's got their he's got his number retired with this team. He's in their ring of honor. Legend at this place. Um, this is brutal right now. I'm trying to think of not many, not many start to finish QEs, one team. No, there's not. And I'm trying to think of like a quarterback who who won two Super Bowls in like in recent history, but it's like like it was mainly dominated by like you're not you weren't you weren't gonna give me Big Ben again, and he's not six three. No, he's like no. six foot six. Um, no, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you this one. Here's a here's a hand cap. Sure. Still involved with this franchise at a high level. John Elway. John Elway. That Come was, on now. Nice. Who was I? Why? Why couldn't I think? Who was the quarterback for in the late eighties and nineties for Dallas? Are you thinking Aikman? Yes, Troy Aikman. Okay, thank you. I, yeah, that it was yeah. just making me mad that I couldn't think of Troy's name. Um, okay, John Elway. That was an easy hint. To, that was a bit of a layup hint, but hey, fair. Um, hey, we'll roll. Hey, yeah, we wanna we wanna be correct here. Absolutely, I like absolutely. it. Absolutely, listen and listen. I'm surprised they, he's only six three because he loves the giant quarterbacks drafting Paxton Lynch <laughs> and bringing in uh, Brock Osweiler. Like he just he gets a hard on for quarterbacks that are massive. A little bit of a hypocrite, maybe, with that sense, or maybe he knew how hard it was at that height. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. No. All right. Let's move into quarter three. We got some MLB, MLB talk here, and the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, that response when they won twenty to one, Justin, you're like, okay. These guys are back on track. We were chirping the wheels off them for losing five straight. They go with the next game, win 20 to one. You're okay. Oh, they're back. No, they go and lose the next two to the Rays. And uh, let's just start with the pitching. Let's start with their youngster, Alec Manoa. And obviously, Manoa, it's his really second full season in the MLB. He's the one pitcher in, in their rotation that hasn't gotten paid. But he's been brutal. Like, is it almost time to be like Manoa? Like, we gotta we gotta send you down or like keep you out of a few starts because he has been terrible. He's almost dead last in in some of these statistics for starting pitchers out of these seventy two pitchers they've recorded uh, in the MLB. Like, he is like dead last in in ERA and and pitches thrown. Like, he threw like ninety pitches in just over three innings. And like, this guy has been terrible. Which is which is so tough for this team because. We were talking at the beginning before the season started in our in our in our preview that you have some steady steady hands in the bullpen at least this year with Manoa and Gosman, and it's gonna be whether or not the rest of the bullpen could peak at the right time. And now our top three um Cy Young nominee last year is our is one is our worst pitcher and yep. one of the worst pitchers in the league, and he's playing in the best, arguably one of the best divisions in the AL. So it's like it's just the worst case scenario for this Jays team who we continue to say it. It's not a full team problem that's going on right now. It, it's, it's, it's quite honestly this pitching and, and it's just, cr it's crazy that the pitching problem is coming from a guy like Manoa because he has no answer right now. No answer. He's one in five with a five, five point five three ERA and his expected ERA is well over six right now. This is not, a pitcher who looks like he could just find it. I didn't even think of that because of how well he was for us last year, but you might be honest. It might take it more of a drastic measure in terms of sending him down, uh, um, maybe sitting him out a few starts. I, I may move him to bullpen or something. I've, we've seen stuff like that done before where 
you need to figure it out for him because it can't just be something where he's struggling all year. They got to find a way to have his arm being elite because this team. They've had some some bad luck, man. I mean, we think about Kikuchi last year coming over and he was awful. Like they, they didn't, it was in this almost a similar situation. Like, what do we do with this guy? Do we send him down? And then Barrios has been on a bit of a roller coaster after sending him to like a $150 million deal. Like they hung Jay Ryu like two years ago, Ryu's their guy. Like he's their ace. And now he's just not even in the rotation. I guess he is, you know, making his way back, but let's just think too offensively. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. One home run since May 4th. Yeah. Yep. One dinger since almost a full month of May. Like, you got to get her going there, uh, Vladdy. But their pitching is sure. is right now is because you've got Chapman and Bichette buzzing. And um, another issue right now at the Jays, Justin, is they're catching. Uh, so obviously we know Alejandro Kirk is he was the guy last year was an All Star. He's played really well. But they've yep. got Danny Jansen who had the two walk offs a few weeks ago. He's playing really well now. He's a little bit banged up now. They got to go with this Alejandro Kirk character who looks like an absolute lawn gnome. He looks like he's straight out of the Willy Wonka factory, and he's not playing well. He's just not playing and, well. And I want to bring it up too. And and I'm a Jays fan, so I, I'm I'm subject to this this I guess. Lack of uh, of perspective too. This division is elite, so there's a little bit of an asterisk to a sense on their record in some of these performances. I'm not talking Manoa. Manoa's is he's in trouble. He's got to figure it out. There's a lot to unpack there with him that they need to do as as a staff. But in terms of being ten and a half games back of this division <laughs> lead and being last in the division, this probably like there's teams that are worst record or the same as of the Jays and then winning their division or top two at least. So like it, it's got to be said that they're only two and a half games back or so or three and a half games back of the wild card spot. So like as much as and that's what you're playing for now. You're not catching yeah. you're not catching the Rays. So that's kind of yeah. what that's that's what you've set your sights on. I think you know I think that we can come to yeah. the agreement that they're not catching the Rays. Not and that's crazy and to it, say that in May. It's <laughs> true. And there's not a chance let alone catch the Rays. Also now beat the Yankees from here on out and the Orioles from here on out. Like, so what I'm saying, all I'm saying is that yes, if you look at the division picture and I don't discredit the division picture because we did believe that this team was a team that could win this division or could come top two in this division. So that's still a failure. But if you look at the grand scheme of the league, this Jays team isn't as much trouble as you might think. They still have the most hits in the whole league and the third best batting average in the whole league. So it's tough to say. They had a players-only meeting after that last series That's finished. Right. I'm expecting them to come up big. Uh, I believe they play tonight against uh, it's John Blank on it, but I really I would be shocked or not shocked, disappointed to see them lose this series in Minnesota. Uh, in Minnesota. Minnesota, an opponent that I expect them to be better than yeah. and, and be able to top. I would be very disappointed and and way more concerned because then you run out of options as a team. You've had the player meeting. The coach has already said his piece. That's why you have the player meeting. Because what is ever going on hasn't worked. If you still can't find it. Their next 10 to 15 games, Greg, are debatably going to be the biggest of the season. Yeah. Right here. How you respond to the trouble you're going through, especially when you address it in a player's only meeting like that, that's substantial. This is a big stretch for them. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, The MLB... They're going to vote uh, to move the A's to Vegas uh, in an owner's meeting uh, coming up next month. 
I, I think, you know, you've said it best. Uh, it's really a formality. These guys are moving to Vegas, and I don't think it, it could come quicker. I mean, this franchise is a dumpster fire. It's been a few years now where they cannot field competitive teams. They've got the worst attendance yeah. in the league. And um, Vegas is in front of our eyes turning into a massive sports hub. And I think it's great for sports. I think it's great for, you know, the, the financial situation of these leagues. And I, I fully expect that that ballpark will be buzzing most oh, nights. hundred yeah. percent. Great weather there in terms of other options, obviously, and what's already yep. in the MLB. So great, uh, great options there. Las Vegas is just absolutely cleaning up. At what, what more do they need to do? And at what point do they pass in New York city, a Los Angeles, uh, uh Chicago like I understand the history won't be matched don't don't get me wrong of Boston right the history won't be matched the tradition don't get me wrong but they build their own history and tradition we're seeing it already with Vegas possibly winning a Stanley Cup here but you talk about MLB NHL NFL you talk about the UFC fights that already own Vegas the boxing massive pay-per-views that are already all over Vegas yeah it's easy to put races there, Formula One, all this stuff, golf tournaments. Like it's easy to do that there. I, I just don't like. I don't understand. It's how turning they, into the mecca yeah. of sports. It really is. For all and I, I and crazy. I don't know like if it would be like okay, it's going to beat going to a Rangers game or or it's going to beat going to Gillette Stadium to watch the Patriots. It's but in terms of the full compass, like okay, we're going on a trip with the boys. It's a bachelor party. Where do you want to go? Oh, well, we can go to Vegas and get all of the Vegas experience. Plus, yeah. we can go check out the NFL team in October. They got a home game, and then we're going to go watch the or their baseball team in a playoff game. And guess what? They're playing preseason as well in the NHL. And 100%. I would think that the NBA is kind of yeah. circling that market going, well, we got to sniff out. We got to be there. Yeah, LeBron already wants to be an owner. They've already talked about yeah. it. I mean, MLB is perfect because you lose all the money at the tables. Hey, you only need 15, 20 bucks for a ticket in the nosebleeds of an MLB game. So they, they, you got Big that time. option there now as Big well. Time. So that's a huge piece as well. But, that's right. Um, I've never been. Have you ever? You haven't been to Vegas, have you? I've never been. No. But uh, yeah, it's something that I, especially oh. now, like it's got it's it's got to happen. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of like if you're in North America. Like that's kind of like on the list of things that you've got yeah. to check out is like, you've got to go to Las Vegas once. hundred percent. And I'm happy trip, that I'm not, trip, I'm happy that I'm like too. maturing because like if I would have went at 21, <laughs> I don't think I'm leaving. Like, I don't think like, I, I think I might be still be there living on a cardboard box busking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be shocked about it. But, yeah. Um, just quick on the New York one, and I don't want to disrespect New York. I'm a huge fan of the MSG and all that. I haven't been, but that's a, as we talk about Vegas, that's one I want to knock off the bucket list for an arena to go to. Vegas has already built quite the reputation and tradition and all this, and, and swagger with that whole pregame presentation in the playoffs of that Golden Knight coming out, the drums, all that. So yeah. quickly you could see that becoming a must-see thing. But, yeah, I think the A's are heading there, and I think it's a good thing. So, uh Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, the it's going to be a it's going to be a you know a, a few more weeks before we fully dive into the to the MLB. Uh, you know, just kind of like look through the standings, and and obviously the AL East is the one that we're focused in, and and the, the Rays are just on a historic run, and and the Orioles are right there with them, and um, yeah. the Jays struggling as of late. But are there any teams outside of the AL East that you're like, okay, that's a team that I could that I'm circling come October, 
And I'm going to be like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to get hot and they're going to play. And we talked about a little bit last episode about the Padres, how they've been struggling and they still are still four yeah. games below 500. Are you circling a team in, outside of the AL East, either in the AL or in the NL, that you're like, I like that team for a championship run? 100%. The one team that... Well, we did I've go over the Braves. Yeah, the Bra- yeah, for yeah. sure. But they're yeah. already at the top. So exactly. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, 100%. yeah. Outside but, of kind of like those top... Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's one team right now that I'm I'm looking at and, and I look at have not come out to the start that people expected or they expected what have you that I see is the highest ceiling for them. And when I say highest ceiling, one of the few teams that I could see being a World Series contender still that isn't still in that chase or, or look looks like they're at the top of their standing is the Seattle Mariners in yep. a big way here. 26 and 24 being a winning record. And this is a putrid start for them. So first of all, how bad of a start it's been and to still be in a winning record, like I'm comparing that to like the St. Louis Cardinals. That is a future start for them. And it's, but it's done. Like they're showing that they aren't what we thought it's done. This team though is showing more of a sign of we're not peaking right now. We're having troubles, but we still have the pieces to to succeed. They're two and a half games back of playoffs. Still very much uh, uh, right there in the hunt. If not in a great spot to make that wild card, they're fourth in their division is where people might think of them as a team that's out of it. Not by any stream. This is what these are the this is the reason here. I see them being a World Series team. First of all, they made all the right moves in the offseason, filled a bunch of holes for themselves. Their pitching is phenomenal still. Runs allowed their third, hits allowed fourth, uh, uh batting average against fourth, ERA third, whip first, first in home runs against, first in fielding percentage. Yeah. And it's the classic story. The bats haven't woken up yet. And cold. They're 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 under 20th. In every batting stat, but they have the bats to succeed and make the long term. So when a team is in this situation, I look for what I call um, extremes. One, do they have an extreme where they show that they can be a top team in the league? And two, do they have an extreme where they're performing so below what these players on their team have shown that it is fair and, and it's expected for them to turn around and become a lead again. And that's the bats on Seattle matching the pitching that they are producing, which they're expected to produce. So Seattle Mariners for me is the team that I expect to still have the ceiling of a world series contender. No, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah. Like you're looking for, I mean, obviously we remember being James fans. Teoscar Hernandez is there now and Julio Rodriguez, the, the coming out party last year. So yeah, that team can certainly, uh, you know, turn it around. I'm looking at the Mets. Uh, I, they were my kind yeah. of my preseason pick and they got off to a cold start, but I do like the Mets roster. Um, so I'm going to look at the Mets to, to kind of, you know, get things back on track. I don't know if they're going to catch the Braves, but I don't even think, I think MLB is another one where like the NHL, you just kind of going to sniff into the dance and really anything can happen. Um, I like that call. Let's move into quarter four here, and let's talk about the Charles Schwab. Obviously, it's been a long week for Brooks Kepka celebrating his PGA Championship win. Next week, we've got a big one at the Memorial Tournament, another elevated event on the PGA Tour. Uh, the Live Golf Tour is playing somewhere, and I'm not sure what that event's all about. Who cares? Uh, but Michael Block. So, obviously, his media tour this week, dude, was insane. He, I mean, he was up on overdrive in Toronto. Like, he literally, he's such a yes man, like... Yeah. So, I, and one thing, so I threw him on Thursday, was watching him, but I, we'll, we'll just talk about this first. He went on to Bob Mennery's show. You know Bob Mennery, clearly. Yep. Bob Mennery yep. is a big character in the sports world. He does voiceovers. He's really, he was a Nelk boy for a little bit. I mean, he's just been, he's kind of blown up over, you know, the last, say, five, six years. And, and uh, anyway, he had Michael Block on his podcast. Well, 
I don't know how he drew this out of him, but he said, you know, did he did he ask him like if Greg, he Greg, the if he, he asked him if he this is he said Rory's clearly a better golfer than you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he, he proceeds to say. Like, do, He's like he's like you admit that Rory's a better golfer than you or something yeah. like that. Very, and it wasn't even like attacking or anything. Straight. But that's a yes, question. of nice course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was almost a chance. It was almost a chance to give Michael Block another opportunity to look as great and humble and exactly. all this as he is. And he you, goes, you "Well, if I had Rory's distance, my iron play, my around the green play, my putting is world class. So, is some of the best in the world. So, I mean, I think that was a bit much. Uh, especially, I I just thought it's. That's a tough comment to drop, especially to Bob Menner. He did such a great job of chopping up that podcast and getting that out Thursday night before the tournament. And yeah. did things ever go bad for Michael Block? Plus 11 on round one, 81. Today he was plus four, I think. Two double bogeys rolling in. Yeah. Um, I'm th- Here's where I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. He... The whirlwind that he just experienced playing at Oak Hill, playing with Rory... Coming top 15th, the entire world is talking about this guy. Like everybody, every sports yeah. media outlet, even if you're not covering golf, you're talking about this guy. Yeah. He's got Canes. That's something I wanted to look at too. Who was going to sponsor him? Canes was on one shoulder. And another one, I guess there was thousands of sponsors reaching out. Michael Jordan he reached out to him. With, he signed with an agency, Greg. He signed with an agency. Oh. He needs a little downtime, man. He needs a little time to regroup. Just go, you know, hunker it down with his family. And then... The real test, the real evaluation for Michael Block will be at the Canadian Open. If he comes out and he shoots a million and he slams his trunk, that's the end of the Michael Block story. It was a phenomenal PGA Championship story, but that's an opportunity there. If he plays well, makes the cut, and and kind of gets in the mix on the weekend or plays in the weekend, I think we can kind of start to talk about Michael Block maybe getting some more uh, exemptions. But if, if yeah. he misses the cut in Canada, Justin, that's the end of the Michael Block story. Where do you go from here with the sponsorships and even the Canadian Open in terms of they invited him. They wanted to kind of use that as a big pitching point, a big advertising point for sure after he came off yeah. the PGA. Do you, if you're the RBC, how how do you now? How, do you take down the maybe the little poster you had? Probably no, no. Into the no, no. Like, no, no. You He's, keep it up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think that it'll still be fresh enough in minds, especially to like the Canadian Open... I went last year and it legit is a major. The crowds are freaking massive. And yeah. I mean, Rory is going to be bad. Like the crowds are going to be huge and people want to know what Michael Block's going to shoot like that. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be fresh enough, Justin, that people are going to be like, what's this guy's going to shoot. And I know you may, you may not be the face of the tournament, yeah. but this is the last, this is the last go about. This will be the last we hear about him. If he misses the cut at the Canadian open until next year's PGA championship. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Um, I do, I do agree with you. The the, uh, just because he's so inexperienced in terms of being an everyday tour player, I don't know how many tour players can do the media and, oh. and get that much attention. I mean, no, perfect example, Brooks Kepka and all the all the other like winners. Okay, Michael Block, he won a major. In terms of his yes. mindset, yes. his heart, all that, he won a major last weekend. Yep. When, how many times do we see a major winner just come back the next weekend and win the next tournament? Never. Justin, Never. it would, it would be not. like you being called up right now to the Dallas Stars and you scoring an overtime winner to extend the series. And now they're like, what? Who's this guy? Next, you know. And then next game, though, 
I'm expected to go and get a hat trick. Exactly. You know exactly. What I mean? like, exactly. It's like me going up there getting the OT winner. Yeah. I would get all the media in the world yes. for this rookie call up and yeah. then getting a hat trick next game. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what Block did. Probably going to get three shifts. Yeah. And on those three shifts, I'm going to have a turnover in the yeah. neutral zone, a bad dump in. I'm going to be minus one. Yeah. That's what Block just did. Yeah. And it's fair. Like, I get it. It yeah. is so fair. What the guy had to go through this week, the last thing that could have been on his mind was playing a great round of golf. I know he would have, I know he definitely was saying that he was and all that, but there's no way that was possible. But with that being said, I can't cut him that much slack, Greg. 120th out of 120 is worst case scenario for, again, again, and this would be a totally different story if he didn't have that one quote. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I feel like with this, this would have definitely been more of like a, Hey, it was a great story. I really hope he bounces back at the Canadian Open. Like, tough, tough round, but yeah. hope he bounces back. It looks that, it does look bad with he's, what he said. He's got to look himself in the mirror. Clearly, he's got to yeah. look himself in the mirror. And, and he was getting arrogant. He was. You could tell he was He was getting a little cocky, and and that's what golf does to you. If you if you don't fully understand where you're at, and, and he had a really tough day on Thursday. Like, the lies he was getting around the greens yeah. and the bounces yeah. he was getting. That's, just- that's got to be mental, no? Um, it, it was one of those days for him on the golf course. And obviously today, plus four, a little bit better. But like you said, man, he's exhausted. I, I can't even imagine. In no, in no club pro's wildest dreams would they have just gone through what he did. The hole-in-one, the Roy McIlroy, the, the, it, it's just been insane yeah. for him. So the media outlets, CNN, morning, Good Morning America, but yeah, we'll see what happens. How, how happy do you think Kepka is about this? This finish for block. You got don't you got you got to think Kepka had a little bit of himself saying to him, "Come on, I just won the PGA, and now now the PGA is going to kind of turn to this block guy as their hero and kind of get away from maybe me winning with the whole live thing, or whatever." Yeah. And now Kepka gets to sit there celebrating his PGA and had that little bit of extra cherry on top that block was just absolutely blew up and didn't didn't kind of keep that PGA uh, glory forever on him. Yeah, for sure. You mean it definitely took a bit away from his story, but I I think yeah. that I think that he was basking in all of the glory. Um, Regardless, I was saying it earlier. I think the best finish we could have at the Canadian Open again. It's Canada's major. So it's absolutely oh my Canada's gosh. major. Yes, I would love to see a block Rory Scheffler going into the last nine holes, all right there with each other. That'd be just. The, the crowd, like you said, the crowds would be absolutely lunatic. I, I hope this is the year, Justin, that a Canadian gets in the mix in the mix at the Canadian Open. It's been so long since the Canadians won, and it just seems like this year we've got the most amount of players, like a most the most amount of talent, like with the Adam Hadwin, Mackenzie Hughes, Nick Taylor, Corey Connors, Pendrith. Uh, Taylor Pendrith. So, like, we've got some big names uh, on the Canadian circuit now, uh, but. But this week on the uh, at the Charles Schwab Challenge, uh, obviously we talked about uh, Michael Block uh, lost, but the 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 British Harry Hall he wears the old school golf hat. You all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's minus twelve. He's leading the tournament, couple ahead of uh, Harris English and Emiliano Grillo. Adam Shank had a decent day. Um, our Scotty Scheffler is is Scotty Scheffler's only six back. Uh, yeah. Justin Rose, one of our picks, is in the top ten. So you like to see that. Oh. Um, Max Holman looks like he's having a half decent tournament. And uh, I just want to mention, uh, to Cam Davis, uh, you're dead to me. Uh, he, he shot minus two yesterday. He's directly in the mix. Shoots a 74 today, four over doubles. The last hole misses the cut on the number cam Davis. So if anyone's keeping track and I am just for everyone, 
That's the second you're dead to me of the, of the season. Justin so Saw Justin and Justin Sue, yeah. yeah. The first one, and now Cam Davis. But no, how about Harry Hall? I I watched. I got chipped in. He chipped in on the one. Yep. Or um, whatever. He's got that hat on. I lo- I just looked at his player profile. I don't know much of him. He's 25 years old. I I had to check this thing three times in a row to be like I I again just the hat I guess or whatever. Like I was He's like, a big oh, wow, dude too. I was like, is this, yeah, is this like a 38, 40-year-old like, yeah. kind of having his run here at this thing? No. 25 years old, this guy leading. Uh, absolutely insane. And Justin Rose, also, I just want to say this quick. He was my pick to win. He's not necessarily, like, he's in the hunt for sure. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he's still With there. birdie fest. They are. But yeah. how about the little, like, season he's having Man. from Justin Rose? Incredible like, season. Like, not something you see uh, uh, from him for a long time. You've seen him like in contention, but to have a season like this, this is a this is a great little turnaround for Justin Rose overall for the for the season. I do believe he won the U.S. Open before, so maybe maybe L.A. Country Club could be a tournament where we see him sniffing around once again. Um, Don't hate that. But the golf world's been bringing us tons of content, man. It's been just a pleasure to watch. Uh, obviously, we'll have our uh, our picks for next week's Memorial, which is a big tournament, um, and we'll continue to follow along. But Justin. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Let's do it again.